T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Count two alleges that you committed the felony offense of murder in the first degree. It alleges that the defendant, Ryan C. Koberger, on or about November 13, 2022, in Latak County, State of Idaho, did willfully, unlawfully, deliberately, with premeditation and with malice of forethought, kill and murder Madison Mogan. A yeah, human the charges were being read by that judge as Koberger was back in Idaho, and the affidavit was finally released. And Paul Morrow is actually headed there right now. I think he just landed um, a short time ago, retired NYPD inspector, founder of the OpsDesk.org. Paul, how are you this afternoon? Thank you so much for checking in with us. No, of course. Thank you for having me. So the the one thing that jumps out, there are probably a fair amount of people listening right now that don't know anything about this affidavit, but I want you to describe some of the, the things that we, we learned. But the one about the roommate actually seeing the murderer is real interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Now, you know, I've had some uh, pretty good sourcing out here, and I'd heard that about a week ago. I heard a slightly different version of it. Um, a couple things do jump out. First of all, Right in the affidavit, it says that her bedroom is on the first floor, and that has been reported all along here. Yet, for some reason, she was asleep on the second floor. According to the affidavit, at one point, she hears some noise. She comes out of her bedroom. She opens the door, and she sees a male who fits the description of the accused, about six foot with bushy eyebrows, fit but not muscular, with a mask on, walking towards her down the hallway, comes past her, apparently, and goes out the back door. Um, you'd have to believe he's covered in blood at that point, um, maybe carrying a knife. I don't know. That's not in the affidavit. Um, she's described as being frozen in shock, which is quite understandable. But I think what you're alluding to, and that is less understandable, is that a phone call to the police, a 911 call, isn't made for another almost eight hours. So how do you explain that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish I could. It's yeah. really a conundrum. I mean, it, it's it's completely speculative. I don't want uh, it, to. It does explain one thing, I think, which is one of the reasons this has got to be probably the primary reason that the police have been very, very protective of the two surviving girls. Um, you know, they, they have they don't even name them in the affidavit, right. even though everybody knows who they are. And um, they've, they've really held, uh, you know, they haven't been uh, there's been no public access to them, etc. When I found out that one of the girls had actually seen the perp at the scene and seen him leave. I, th- I thought to myself, okay, well, there's the reason that they're protecting her. She's a very important witness. But what I had not foreseen is that she saw him under circumstances that would certainly indicate that he was there for bad purposes. I figured she saw a male leaving the house and just thought it was right, like another right. guy who was hanging out in the house because it was kind of a party house. So, Paul, one thing that was confusing okay, to Sue I don't and even I, have a theory. Do you? Do you? Did your reading of that affidavit indicate that he also saw her, or is that still right. a question mark? I was unclear on that. Still in question. I will tell you this, Mark. The same source that's been, uh, you know, I've had a couple out here. I've had, you know, some are better than others. Uh, one that's been quite reliable has been accurate as to what we just talked about and also the fact that, uh, you know, the case was coming down. I got a pretty good heads up at a few days before it came down. 
I was told, uh, you know, look for it to be coming in. And what that person uh, told me was that she, uh, hang on a second. That's all right. Paul's driving right uh, now, that, so we want to make sure he's safe. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry that we're, we're that's, going that's in. Right. I was like, can you repeat that question? What, what was it again, Mark? I'm sorry. Just, uh, just I don't even know what the question well, was. Well, the so question was, uh, she saw the attacker. Did he see her and just continue uh, to walk out and uh, just leave oh, her yeah, there? You were making a point about what are the sources and what they had told you. Yeah, right. So um, the, the source had told me that, um, you know, she had seen him and that, you know, that they were going off of that. The affidavit, the affidavit does not make it clear, but what this is the point I was going to make. But what the source did tell me was that the reason they believe that he passed by the two survivors was that he was physically exhausted. Oh, man, that's just that makes you sick to your stomach right there. But a lot of this that have come together. Explain what what the affidavit said about, you know, tracking him down. And, and here's another point of confusion. You were on this airplane. The FBI released a statement saying they were not responsible for this car being pulled over twice in Indiana. The original reporting earlier was, hey, this car got pulled over on the way to Pennsylvania. That seemed odd. Then it seemed to make sense because they said, look, uh, the FBI was working with the local police. They were trying to get pictures of his hands. That was how this was sold this morning. But now the FBI says, nope, we weren't involved. There's another point of confusion, Paul. Yeah, very strange. And, you know, there is a task force, and the thing is constituted. So, you know, uh, you'd like to think that they would speak with one voice here. Um, I don't know what to make of that. Um, I have to be honest. I was very skeptical that the FBI, I know the reporting came out earlier today, that the FBI had asked for that to be done. Here's why. It was well over a month after the attacks. And the reason that was given that they asked for the car stop was that they wanted to see if he had any cuts on his hands. Um, a month afterwards, to risk having him flee and alert him to the fact that you were on to him, you really lose a lot of leverage. You lose the, uh, the element of surprise. He could destroy evidence, et cetera. For the, the simple purpose of having a look at his hands, that's really a risk, and you really compound yeah. that risk by doing two uh, contemporaneous car stops. Um, if he was not sure after the first one if they were on to him, after they stop him again, and it's a different agency, by the way, two different agencies that stopped him. It was a sheriff's office and a different agency. You'd really have to say to yourself, if you're in his shoes while they're looking at me. So I think I don't know what happened there. I really I really can't say. It looks like somebody might have gotten out ahead of their skis a little bit, took it upon themselves to try to contribute to the investigation. And um, not that the FBI is denying that. I think that that seems to be the likeliest uh, scenario. So there was a lot of cell phone tracking. He seemingly, or we know Kohlberger, if he was the killer, turned his cell phone off in the time frame around the killing, which is something right. you would expect. But they have him pinging around that area, even for a couple of months, maybe stalking someone. But the other thing that was real interesting here as far as police work, Paul, explain the DNA. Because it seems like he left DNA on a knife sheath and why a criminology guy and someone who is working on his Ph.D. or whatever is going to leave a knife sheath with DNA is confusing as well. But that's how they matched it up, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, there's something significant here, which is that in order to match to that uh, evidence that was left at the scene, they had to get uh, DNA from him. So, you know, we've all heard about the genealogical uh, DNA match, which is not in the affidavit. There's a reason for that. The genealogical companies make real, uh, they really front on their websites that their methods are not judiciable. They're not at the evidence standard. Now, you know, you could argue that, but why bother arguing it in court? You can use it as a clue and then do what's called a parallel, as, as law enforcement often does, which is, okay, let's get the same evidence a better way. 
And so what they did was, apparently, they did what's called a garbage cover. Yeah. And they went out and they pulled some garbage to get the DNA from the garbage to match it to the sheath. And if that's kind of the, uh, the climax of the affidavit at the end. It says that they did a garbage cover in Pennsylvania, and they got the DNA. But the way it's worded, it's pretty clear to me. It's the DNA of his father. Right, right. And oh, it comes yeah. back 99.999% to his that it has to be a match. And that's why, if you notice, or this was the reporting out of Pennsylvania, there were three search warrants executed in Pennsylvania on the house, and it was a no-knock. Now, why did they do a no-knock? Well, first of all, to make sure he didn't try to slug it out with them, but also so he can't destroy evidence, like in as in like a computer or something. Right. So right. they want the computer, but what they also had a search warrant for is a swab. And so they undoubtedly, it was in the search warrant, so what they did was they will have taken a swab of inside his cheek and that's going to be now even better DNA evidence, and that is fully judiciable because it's one-to-one. They're going to match it to what was on that sheath, which apparently came from his handling of the knife sheath. Wow. I mean, this this is quite the case um, from just absolutely sad as can be, and I'm so happy at least that these families might have some, you know, closure eventually here, but there's still so many questions. Paul, I know you have a lot of work to do on the ground, but really, thank you so much for checking in with us here this afternoon. No, of course. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. That's Paul Morrow, NYPD, former NYPD investigator. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.